Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today we have kind of fitness and fitness education royalty on. So today we have Jonathan Goodman. So John launched the PTDC, uh, which is the Personal Training Development Centre in 2011, with the goal of bringing his fellow fitness professionals in the information, support, business guidance they needed that they couldn't find anywhere else. John has also published 11 books and he started doing those in about 2012. And then he has also found the Online Training Academy, which is the first ever certification for online fitness and nutrition coaches. And he found that in 2016. John has over 17 years experience in the industry and it's, it's an absolute joy to have a chat with him. John kind of lives six months of the year away from his actual home in Canada. And when we're having this chat, he's over in Mexico. So it's, I was, it was a joy to kind of have a chat with him. So we kind of talk about kind of the unsexy side of fitness. Like the fit, some of the stuff that we talk about is the fitness done right is actually quite boring. We talk about how to skip, how to talk yourself out of skipping a session, kind of getting away from quick fixes, which I think is going to be quite useful for people in January if you're still on that buzz. Kind of some of the statements that are made out there that like that kind of eating junk food is so common that that eating healthy is still labeled as dieting. We talk about that lifting weight is the actual foundation of youth. And we talk about a few of the big posts that he's had and people copying them and all, and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's quite interesting to hear from John's kind of no-nonsense point of view, but there's a way of delivering it and, and John kind of sums it up brilliantly. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode with John Goodman. Jonathan, how are we, sir? I just, I still can't get over why Zoom has decided to change their interface for absolutely no goddamn reason. No. Like, can that, we talk that, about that, this for that, a minute? That, that, that voice that comes on is quite irritating. But they changed the voice. Like, now it's a different woman's robotic voice. And the speech bubble thing that says that it's being recorded is now different because Zoom told me that I had to update whatever their platform and now when you add a guest i didn't do this because obviously we're in your room but like when you add a guest it pops up on a different side of the screen than before this shit wasn't broken no it was working pretty well for lockdown (laughs) it worked fine it's such a prime example to me of just engineers and people having to justify their job (laughs) it's it's true it's true because i even sometimes you even have to uh re kind of jig the screen in between so i have like this is my third podcast today so in between each yeah. call it's like i have to rejig the screen yeah it's um it's frustrating uh but uh <laughs> there's a rant <laughs> well i'm here man what's up <laughs> what, what are we talking about so no we're gonna go give a brief intro for yourself to see uh what your story is how you got into what you're doing all the books all the like 17 years, it's kind of like elevator pitch time. I'm introducing myself. Yep. Okay. Hi, I'm John. I've written 11 books somehow. I've just made everything up as I went. I mean, I was a personal trainer who decided to write a book for trainers at 24 for reasons I don't even understand at the time and self-published it, self-published everything that I did. Nobody ever invested in me. Nobody ever like I mean, people have supported me now, but nobody like supported me or partnered with me at the beginning. Um, I self-funded everything. I never took on debt. I own 100% of everything that I did. And, um, you know, over the years, I've built uh, a, a website for personal trainers that's reached 20 million people. Uh, like I said, written 11 books, developed certification, put on five conferences. And I feel like I'm in my third midlife crisis now at 36, and I'm still making it up as I go. And it's super fun. 
No, like, and I've read some of uh, John's books, and they're awesome. If you're a PT listening to this, I would highly recommend. Personally, it was ignite ignite the fire. That was the the mm-hmm. first one I bought of your books, and cool. um, but like, even if you look at John's content, it's there's content there for PTs. There's content there for John and Mary down the road, and it's um, it's it's definitely opens the eyes. Very no nonsense, which is refreshing, um, in a world of bullshit. <laughs> Right. Um, so I'm going to like some that I know I sent you over questions and John was very honest that he doesn't understand what I'm trying to say. And, uh, some of the, the, the he hasn't looked at the, no, I can so. understand you. I can <laughs> understand you. Um, I was very honest that I didn't, I didn't look at your questions beforehand because it's yeah. irrelevant to me. I mean, these podcasts to me, like, I don't need to prepare anything. This is not me like doing some branding exercise where I'm trying to make sure that I have the right answers for your questions because of how I want to represent myself. No, I want to have a conversation with you. Happy days. Happy and days. and no. the best conversations are ones that are off the cuff and that, you know, both people respect each other and, and, are, and are genuinely curious about each other. And so I don't, I mean, I generally find the ones that like you'll end up saying something and then we'll go down a tangent. So it's, uh, it's, uh, so I think the first question for yourself is like this is going out in January. So it's kind of like the hype season for fitness, people losing weight, trying to get into shape, trying to make changes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the posts that you put out recently was fitness done right is actually quite boring. And it hit home because it's kind of like, it literally is the unsexy stuff that gets you to where you want to go, whether in any realm or any walk of life. Can you in expand anything. on this? Can you in expand anything. on that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, we get drawn in, like myself included, right? We get drawn in by all these fancy, innovative things. And marketing generally works based off of innovation. If you look at all really successful marketing, uh, it's generally innovation over improvement. You can't really advertise that something is a little bit better than something else was previously. It's not really exciting. It's not really going to get attention. The problem is with fitness, nothing's new. Like the human body hasn't meaningfully changed in thousands of years. Like we've kind of figured out how it works. Yes, there's always going to be research that's going to push the envelope in like very obscure sects of it. But the reality of it is most people, like 80% of people, in the United States, I haven't seen stats for Ireland, but like 80% of people in the United States don't meet basic activity requirements. You don't need some, you know, Billy, the IG fit kid, like giving you some newfangled, like made up exercise and supplement that's going to hack your body's metabolism. You need to just fucking move a little bit more. And so I think about this all of the time and I think about like, okay, well, we know you know, people just kind of need to move a little bit more. And as you go for more walks, maybe you're going to walk to the gym one time and then you'll end up at the gym and then maybe you're going to be at the gym and then maybe you'll walk on the treadmill at the gym. And then maybe you'll look at the, at the, at the dumbbells and the free weights and whatever it is. And, and after walking at the gym a few times, you'll decide to lift something up and down, give or take six to 10 times, you know, at a, at a moderate to slow pace. And then you'll start to figure it out. And it's just that slow incremental progression. And the the nice thing is that's kind of how our body works as well. I mean, our bodies get stronger through a variety of processes, but there's, there's, um, you know, there's, there's the principles of adaptation, which are basically, you know, in a priority sequence, the six things, the six ways that our bodies adapt to exercise. And, 
specificity, progressive overload. I mean, those are two of the top ones. Variation is number four down on that list, which basically means you can ignore it. And so variation actually doesn't have a lot to do with your results. This whole thing about muscle confusion and that it's, it's all nonsense. It's all just, you know, big fitness marketing hype to sell more stuff. It, it, it's, it's not a thing. Like it literally does. It's just, it's, there's nothing else to say. And that's one of the, that's one of the most difficult parts about, you know, working in fitness is that things like that make so little sense, but sound so innovative that it's really hard to be like, it's literally not a thing. Like there's no way to explain it any other way than it just straight up doesn't exist. Somebody just like, like genie, like invented it out of nowhere. And so how do you like explain that away? Right. Uh, you know, the, the, the body adapts by being, you know, being encountering difficult stimulus call that weight training, right? For argument's sake and strengthening itself in response to that stimulus. And it does that over time progressively. And so what, what you need to do, you know, in fitness in order to get stronger is you need to continually progressively make things a little bit harder, but stay within the same sort of movements for like a pretty good period of time. Because if you don't, your body's never going to be able to really adapt. Basically, neurological adaptation takes anywhere from four to eight weeks, depending on how trained you are. Obviously, if you're brand new, it's going to take closer to eight weeks. If you're well-trained, it's going to take about four weeks to a new stimulus. Now, there's genetic factors as well. Some people adapt faster than others. That's why I say four to eight weeks. Most people never stick to a single program for longer than four weeks, which means they actually never get past the neurological adaptation phase, because what happens then is motor unit recruitment, basically muscular adaptation starts to take over. And don't get me wrong, both of these things are always happening at the same time. It's just how much of them are happening at any one time kind of changes. And so at that, at that four, five, six week mark, all of a sudden you start seeing all the physical benefits of exercise. A lot of people never get there because they change it up so much. And so it's up to the trainers to figure out, yeah, it's up to the trainers to figure out how to make it interesting, right? Understanding that our job is to optimize the experience, optimize the results for the clients um, while not, you know, diminishing the excitement for the training. And there's kind of like a, like a, like a weird balance there. Like if there was one thing that you, you spoke about there, kind of like shocking the muscles and kind of like fancy buzzwords and stuff like that, like but, those things weren't around when the likes of Arnie and stuff were at their, at their peak or Ronnie Como at their peak. I know that's the very elite of kind of like bodybuilding. The majority of people listen to this know who Arnie is. They may not know who kind of Ronnie is, but they're doing the unsexy stuff. It's kind of like mm-hmm. if you're, say, saving for a mortgage, for example, for a house or looking for a loan, it's you saving over time, continuously getting to your goal. But when for some reason, whatever, people just can't seem to relate that to themselves with kind of like a, a weight loss goal or a strength goal and kind of go for the shiny gimmicks. Is there any caveat that you would put out there to anyone in January to kind of remove themselves away from those shiny object syndrome? 
So, so here's a really good stat because, um, because you just brought that out, that up about investing. And I think, I think understanding compound interest and understanding, you know, that there's so many parallels between fitness, health, and financial wealth. And just like there's no get ripped quick secret, there's no get rich quick secret. And there's so many parallels between the psychology between the two, but things that happen very quickly um, or seem like they happen very quickly because we don't know the full story are celebrated. I'll give you an example. Warren Buffett. Everybody knows how rich that guy is. It's $84.5 billion, probably more than that now, but the stat he had 85 $84.5 billion since 2020. Guess how much of that wealth was derived after his 65th birthday? I guess maybe, I don't know, 60%, 70%? 81.5 billion was after his 65th birthday. 84.1 billion of his 84.5 billion was after he registered, was able to register for social security. It's mad. It's because he got rich slow over, like the reason why Buffett is so wealthy is because he started making money when he was a teenager and started investing it and just left it. He just, he just played the long game for 50 years. <laughs> A long game. He's not like a he's not like a brilliant invest. I mean, yes, he beat the market, but like over time. But um, people at any one given time have always beat the market more than him. The difference is that there's this misconception that just because somebody had success with something, fitness, wealth generation, whatever it is, that they made a good choice. And that there's something to learn from it. We underestimate just how much luck is involved in wealth generation. We underestimate just how much genetics is involved in fitness development. And so somebody who, you know, maybe we're in the day of like swing trading, you know, day trading NFTs and cryptocurrencies. So like somebody who made, somebody who got really rich on something like that, or somebody who, you know, got shredded when they were like 22 years old. It's like, they might've just been lucky one time. It doesn't necessarily mean that that person made a good decision. And you, and you don't hear about it when that same person goes broke, do you? Yeah. You you know, know, like, this, it's like when someone's at the bookies, you only hear about the horses that win. This this dude who became the Doge millionaire, you know, that was all over the news everywhere when Doge was up at whatever it was, like 60, 70 cents. Well, you don't hear about him now, do you? Why? Because he's broke as shit again. It, he didn't make a good choice, right? He got lucky and he made a bad choice. And so I think it's really important when you're looking at, you know, advice that you follow and plans that you follow in understanding, okay, well, how can I actually make good choices to guarantee that over time I'm going to be in a really good position? I'm going to be in really good shape. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to generate a lot of wealth, and that, you know, I can I can afford 
I'll tell you the two parallels because I'm, I'm fascinated by wealth generation as well. And, um, and I actually have a lot of, a lot, well, a lot. I have, I'm having more and more stuff going on in, in that space too, but it's mainly because I just find the psychology so fascinating. Enough. It just seems to me that anybody who's willing to play the long game, the same with fitness, it's actually a pretty easy game because people are just greedy. Same thing with yeah. fitness. People are lazy, right? They want a get ripped quick pill. And so, you know, when it comes to wealth, I can afford to get rich slow. I can afford to not take ridiculous chances and ridiculous bets, but I can't afford to lose everything. And so I just don't take those bets, right? The same thing with fitness. I can afford to, um, I can afford to not be shredded, you know, Instagram model shape. I can afford to not be in that shape. I can't afford to get injured by excessive training routines that would be required to do that. I can't afford to put myself and my family through the amount of time and the amount of um, you know, emotional variability and everything that goes along with extreme dieting and supplementation and potentially pharmaceuticals to get into that kind of shape. So it's the same type of thing, right? I, I can't afford to not keep myself in good physical condition, but I can afford to not be in great shape knowing the trade-offs of it. And so my decisions yeah. then are surrounding that, right? No, I love I love the fact that you've kind of brought it to kind of like a health over kind of how you how you look kind of like getting away from like the fitness model aspect to more right. I don't want to get injured. I want my joints strong. I want to be able to feel strong, feel good, have a healthy heart, and be able to like run more than five k or run a marathon or run a half marathon, whatever that is to someone. But you mentioned right. something really. You mentioned something really big in there that we're kind of chasing. We're all greedy, and there's an amazing book by Will Store call the status game and okay. the, the whole that whole basis of it is that we do everything in this world to be better than the next person hmm. but the reality is that we're no better than the other person so when someone's comparing themselves so we all think that we're better looking than yeah. the next person but then right. when that person succeeds that puts us down because we believe we are better than them at the beginning so it's this vicious circle and that's why social media drives us all scat because we're watching right. every other people, we, we think we're better than people, but then it puts us it puts us down. So if yeah. anyone's looking for a book to read or li- an audio book to read or to listen to, Status Game by Will Store is it, it's That's fascinating cool. how the, the human psychology side of things um, works. But I think I, I love that kind of stuff. I used to I used to read a lot of that back in the day, that the behavioral psychology stuff like that. And it, it's always funny. It's like it doesn't actually matter how good looking you are. If you're trying to, you know, go out in the club and, and get a girl, whatever it is, it's like all that matters is that you're slightly better looking than the other guy that you came with. Yeah. <laughs> or like, else you or else you can talk, or else you can talk and make someone laugh them into bed as well. You can do it. Yeah, that well, there's that. Though. I guess there's that too. And so you could just tell them that. You could just you can just tell them exactly what I said, and they both work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what that's where the Irish accent comes in when you can't when people when people can understand it um the, the whole thing with kind of like in relation to the food side of things you put up a really good post and kind of like 
Except people have kind of had a little bit more indulgence over Christmas, and rightly so. Whatever floats their boat and roses and quality street and all that kind of stuff, the extra food that's mm-hmm. out there. But you said something about like sad that eating junk food is so common that eating healthy is labeled as dieting. Yeah, and right. that was that was that hit that was like wow, that was so so out there, but it was like it needed to be said. Can kind of you kind of talk about that a little bit more and the polarity that's there? Yeah, that one's that one's been copied a few times, I think. Um, I think a few of them that's been copied. I've seen it a few times. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, they're good messages. I don't mind. Um, it, it's 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 just weird to me. It's weird to me what's considered extreme in our society and why things that are considered extreme in our society are basic tenets of just being a normal, healthy human being. And I guess, you know, what, what really brought this on was I was doing a podcast a couple of weeks back and they, we were talking for some reason about 75 hard, you know, that challenge that's going around. And it's this idea of like, this is going to be the hardest 75 days of your life. Are you man enough or woman enough to do it? This is a challenge. I'm like, all right, let's see what this is. This is going to be, you know, it's interesting, sounds intense, whatever. Okay. So here's what you have to do. You have to adhere to a diet. doesn't matter what diet it is. Any diet will do. All right. It doesn't seem that hard. That basically just means eating regular. Okay. Uh, what else? You've got to work out every day. Yeah, and I mean, working out every day is, you know, tough. doesn't matter what workout you do. Any workout will do. Just work out every day. All right, cool. I'll work out every day. Sure. And then you have to do, you know, some sort of exercise outside. You can go for a walk. That's fine. I'm like, that doesn't sound that extreme, but yeah, that's cool. Right, I'll go for a walk outside. That's cool. You have to drink lots of water. Sure. Uh, sounds reasonable and then you have to read 10 pages in a book i sure uh 10 pages um yeah take about five minutes it's it's not a problem that's it 75 hard Uh, uh, oh and not drink alcohol okay um uh sure i mean i don't drink much alcohol anyway like i enjoy like i'm living in mexico cool i'll have a little bit of tequila but I, i mean i don't need it it's fine that's it. 75 hard. Are you man enough to do it? I'm like, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about that. I can't actually think of a day where I didn't do those things. And, and I see this like all over the place, these like challenges and stuff. I'm just like, just seems to me like that should be normal. And I started to reflect back. We had a, an office in a co-working space for the last couple of years and our staff kind of came and got, came and went, and, you know, because it was co-working space. There were a lot of other companies that worked out of there, right? And, and it was it was so interesting to me because I bought my lunch almost every day. It was just the leftovers from dinner the night before. I mean, it was nothing fancy, right? And uh, and often it had some sort of a vegetable with it because I don't know. I think you should probably eat vegetables every so often. And a inevitably. I was the only person who didn't order from Uber Eats at the office. And I wouldn't say every day, but almost every day, at least one person commented on how healthy my lunch was. And I'm like, dude, this is like a, like a stir fry and like a salad. What do you, what, 
so so I just I kept thinking like what's going on here like why are we so busy today and so wrapped up in so many other things that we've forgotten to do probably the most important thing which is move our bodies and nourish our bodies yeah I think it's uh it's interesting what you've said there I remember when I had a kind of a so-called real job in the real world in the corporate world of I remember getting those comments you bring your Tupperware in living the Tupperware lifestyle and people would be going out to the the local cafe or the restaurant and bringing in whatever the quesadilla or that whatever it may be for their lunch they, they start making comments and make you feel uncomfortable like well I just, I just value this more and then there's they're kind of like feeling like at three o'clock they get that slump where they're kind of falling off their chair and you're, you've got a little bit more energy i think people forget like they fuel their cars right. with diesel or on lead or petrol or whatever it may be they fuel their phones every night and charge those but they don't necessarily charge their own batteries and fuel that correctly because as you said we live in a so-called busy society where we've kind of forgotten what's the most important thing which is us and our health right um what does health mean to you john i mean health means to me that if there's a mountain i can hike it you know if there's a bike i can jump on it and ride it if there's a paddleboard i can hop on it i can you know if as my kid keeps getting bigger and stronger i can still beat him in sports for a long time <laughs> uh, you know health means to me that i feel good when i'm with my wife like it's it's all those things it's health to me is the fact that i haven't seen a doctor in 11 years like it's all those things um it's it's being able to feel like i look good that i'm confident wearing my clothes feel like you know i i am you know my wife finds me attractive and we're still, you know, can't keep our hands off one another. It's, it's, it's the fact that I just never get sick, really. Um, I don't get hurt, really, either, because I don't do extreme things, you know, back to our other conversation. It's just day in and day out. I'm just executing. I'm just moving. You know, I was, I, I caught the norovirus on Sunday. I'm living in Mexico, right? So I caught the norovirus on Sunday, which is not super serious. It sucks. Um, you know, so 24 hours, I was I was laid out pretty much in bed. Health to me means that it was 24 hours and I felt pretty good on Monday. Somebody else might've been laid out for three or four days. Yeah. A lot of other people that, I mean, because it goes around, spreads pretty rapidly. A lot of other people got it. They were laid out for three, four days. Right. And so I took Monday off the gym to give my body more time to rest. And then Tuesday, I took it easy. And then Wednesday, you know, and Thursday, I'm, I'm back. I'm back working out again. I'm back active again. It's just like didn't miss a beat. It means that anytime anybody is doing something active, I don't even think about it. I can just go join them. Doesn't matter what you mentioned. Something... All of those things are health to me. You mentioned something important there, like you took a day off the gym. And I know a lot of people do struggle with this, that they kind of like potentially took a few days off of Christmas. And like the kind of missed workout guilt is kind of like the buzzword that's thrown out there. Did you ever struggle with it or was it kind of, or any advice to anyone that is struggling with it? What's that missing? 
miss workout guilt. So say, like, as you said, you were laid up on Sunday, but chose to actually take a bit of a break, recharge your body the way you should have done it. (laughs) Right. To be honest, to me, it's more the mental health aspect of it that I, that I find that I miss. Um, I just days when I work out are better days than days when I don't work out. I just, I just feel better. I feel like I have more space. I feel like I have more energy. I feel like I'm able to be more present with the people who I, who I love. I just feel like I think better. And so it's not like the guilt that I'm missing my workout. It's, I just feel different. I don't quite feel like myself. That sucks. It's also like, yeah, it's hard. I mean, even this morning, you know, it's, it's like 10 a.m. for me. Um, I, I generally go to the gym. I, like I said, I'm in Mexico. So the gym only opens at seven. Um, and so I, I, it, cause it, like coffee shops open at 9 a.m. here. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, I'm there, I'm there when it opens every morning and, uh, and I'm, I basically wake up and like wait for an hour for the gym to open. And, and I go, and then, you know, when my family's just waking up basically when I get home and I just wasn't like, I wasn't as strong you know, I'm getting back into it after this virus going through my body. Like didn't eat that much for a few days, right? Basically Sunday, Sunday didn't eat basically anything. Monday I, you know, was building back up. So yeah, it kind of sucks, but I haven't do this game before. I mean, I know it's just a a blip and I'm going to look back five years from now and I'm, you know, am I going to remember what I did on December 16th, 2021? No, it's not going to matter. What's going to matter is that I kept exercising all throughout. I love that. I love that. The, the date's not important. What you do consistently over, over time is mm-hmm. but yourself and your family, you move around quite an awful lot, but how yep. important has routine been for you? Because I think a lot of people struggle with like, if something crops up it's kind of like well why not create a new routine or whatever it may be like we've had to deal with lockdowns during the the, the last little while and people have struggled with that obviously and so people are struggling and there's going to be a mental health pandemic unfortunately but how do you kind of adjust your 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 kind of routine from country to country or is it literally you have your top three four non-negotiables that you do every day or every week it's a good question. Um, the the one thing that I do, so for anybody listening, I mean, I, yeah, we we've spent four to six months living abroad every year for the last nine years. So I've I've picked up and moved, you know, two to three times a year every year for the last nine years. Um, and and what that's forced me to do was just set a new routine over and over and over and over again. It's actually a really good practice. It was, it's the same. I mean, now we have a house in Toronto, but for the first six years, we didn't have a house. And it was great because it forced me to just reestablish what was important to me and what I wanted to own and what I didn't want to own multiple times a year, every single year. You get very clear on what matters to you and what doesn't when you do that. And you don't collect stuff, which is great. And so with the routine, one of the things that Allison and I, Allison's my wife, one of the things that Allison and I noticed over the years is that fitness needs to come first in terms of us building our schedule. And it's kind of hard to explain. You kind of have to feel it. But what I found is when I schedule my fitness first, the rest of my schedule naturally falls into place around it. 
it doesn't, it's not me necessarily saying fitness is the most important thing. Obviously, my wife and my son are the most important thing. But when I schedule fitness first, everything else falls into place. So the first thing that we do when we move to a new country or a new location or whatever it is, is, and, and literally the first day that we're there, if we hadn't been there before, we figure out what our, where and when we're going to work out. So we'll walk around town. We'll look at the different options. Uh, we'll maybe even talk to people, you know, like we lived in a little, um, in a little town called Amodara on the south of Crete in Greece, uh, which is like 20 minutes from Heraklion there. And there's no gym there, but there's, you know, we found out that one of the hotels, the son of the owner is into fitness and has a little personal training studio. So he was my trainer for two months. And so I met with him, got in touch with him, you know, met with him. And when we schedule that, childcare falls into place, work falls into place. Where I am going to work is often dictated by where I'm going to work out. You know, I'll try to find a coffee shop or an office space or something like that close to close to where I'm going to exercise. That's the number one piece of advice that I can give people. And it sounds, it, again, this is, I want to be very clear. It's not me saying that it is the most important thing. Yeah. It's just me saying that if you want to, if you want to build the habit, it's the first thing that needs to be scheduled. And you will find when you do that, that everything else falls naturally in place around it really, really nicely, actually. And what would you say to someone who doesn't necessarily like fitness? Because there's a lot more questions kind of coming in through my DMs of like, I don't like exercise, but I want to lose weight. And okay. how would you kind of deal with that kind of question kind of coming in from, from people? Well, well, you're talking about your routine being built around fitness and I feel you right. feel better for it. But what happens if they don't necessarily like that side of things? This is a this is a deep a deep question. Let me let me ask you first what you say to those DMs because I have an answer, but I'm curious what your answer is. My answer would be: if you want long lasting results, the research will show that you need to have a combination of the two, whatever it is, whether it be walking, tiddlywinks, yoga, Pilates, just moves in some sort of way. It doesn't have to be seven days a week; it can be three days a week. But you will lasting results will be if you are doing something continuously. Okay. I would ask a lot of questions first. I would say, what don't you like? Because my, when, you, when you ask that question, it's generally like, well, I don't like being sore. Okay. So you figure out what the real problem is. Because the real problem is not, I don't like fitness. It's that they probably have had some sort of bad experience somewhere, or they've tried something and worked hard at it, and it maybe didn't work, or whatever. And so um, I don't like being sore. Okay. Can you tell me more about that? Oh, can you tell me what type of training you were doing? You'll probably find that the training protocol that they were doing, whether it was coached by somebody else or, or not, was pretty random and all over the place. And also much too um, either aggressive or much too much impact for where they were at that point. Like a beginner exerciser should not be following booty band Betty's jumpy, squatty, twirly workout on Instagram. You know, that, that is not, 
it's 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 abusive to your your body isn't prepared for it. It's simply that's simply it. It's not saying booty band Betty doesn't know what she's doing. I mean, what she does maybe is working for her. Probably it's bullshit for Instagram, but maybe it's what works for her, and that's fine. Booty band Betty has been working out for fifteen years. Right, you're brand new. Your body isn't prepared for that. So I would I would ask a lot of questions first, and I would dig deeper into saying, and into trying to figure out what's going on. You know, what did they like? What didn't they like? And I would try to get them some sort of a win, without having to do something that they didn't previously say they didn't like, because you're going to have a very hard time like like combating that at the beginning. And so if they want to lose weight and they don't like exercise, you can get somebody to lose weight. I mean, losing weight, particularly for somebody who's really never followed any kind of a plan before, it's basic energy balance. And so really it's just food. I mean, you could get somebody, a lot of people to lose a lot of weight very, very quickly. Putting on muscle takes a lot of time. Losing fat for somebody who has a lot of fat to lose can be done pretty quickly. Now, as you have less and less fat to lose, the process gets slower and slower, but you can get somebody a win pretty quick. I mean, like within a few weeks, you can get somebody to lose a pretty significant amount of fat just by purely looking at their energy balance. And once somebody starts to have some wins, they become much more open to doing stuff and trying stuff. Yeah, so it's kind of like what yeah, what you're saying is it's kind of like look at what you've tried before. Was it too aggressive for you? Was it the jumping around booty betty, uh, as John brilliantly put, or is it kind of like loads of hit sessions, or was it CrossFit, or was it running? And look at what could be adjusted and kind of and get a little bit more feedback. Uh, look at what you don't. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. But if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick to it. It's like with yeah. your diet. Diet means way of life. And if you don't enjoy your diet or you're kind of being too restrictive, you're not going to stick to it. And you're going to, you could end up back to, to, to where you were. Um, yeah. one mean, of I've your... never done a diet in my life. I've never measured my food once. It's like, it's just, we eat pretty well. I mean, there's not much more to it than that. I don't track what I eat. I, I don't, I just, I eat pretty well. Now, could I have a better physique if I measured and weighed my food? 100%. But it just straight up isn't worth it to me. So you don't value it enough to. I, don't, to I mean, I'm happy, in. you know, yeah, I'm happy yeah. with how I look. I'm happy with how I feel. Um, I feel like all in all, you know, for a 36 year old dude, I, I look pretty good. I mean, I can kick the shit out of my friends in beer league sports still, you know, cause they're just getting in worse. And like, it, it was so funny how that progress happened. Cause I was never, I'm never, I'm not good at sports. I was never good at sports. And, uh, and I always just like tried really hard, but my, some of my friends were like really good athletes. And, uh, and it's just funny over the years as they've gotten into worse and worse shape, <laughs> I can now beat them all. Cause they're just in such bad shape. Yeah. They're just in such bad shape. It's like, you know, the, the, the first period or like by like the first or second inning, they're like doing better than me. And by the end of the game, I'm just like running circles around them. Right? Um, um, yeah, man, it's I, to, to your question. I think it's a good question. And I think, 
I mean, a great coach is not somebody who 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 jumps in and gives answers, right? There's somebody who asks a lot of questions and yeah. and really understands. Particularly in fitness, you have the situation where so many people have had negative experiences or they've tried hard at something and it hasn't worked out for them or they've gotten hurt or they've been uncomfortable and i think it's just really important to meet them where they are to understand what's been going on right and to say okay well once you start having success and then once somebody starts having success and you start seeing them as somebody who starts to like represent themselves as somebody who's fit game over yeah. like you're good and and we've seen that i mean you've seen that i'm sure if that switch flip with your clients it's, it's pretty yeah, cool it's fun to happens. see yeah, it's, it's awesome cool. to see um and one of the big things you put up recently was kind of like that lifting weight is the foundation of youth and i think you had i think one of your clients or something like that was beside you in the photo i think uh, it's not you know it wasn't a client they're just they're just was, people just, who just I, people who I you know. at the gym they're people who were at the gym one morning and um yeah felina and keith they were just at the gym one morning and my my super introvert self surprises everybody i'm like super introverted my super introvert self just was like oh you know i shouldn't like i should just i'm working out they're working out i have my headphones in i was like nah like i gotta i believe so strongly that we all just need to like be more kind we need to default to kindness and if you have something nice to say to somebody just fucking say it just don't don't just reserve judgment and negative things if you catch somebody in the act of doing something good say it celebrate them for it and so i just took off my headphones and looked over at them and was just like you know you guys are really inspiring me right now and we we ended up getting into this amazing conversation and they're 65 years old and they're still weight training every single day and uh and you know Felicia says she does it for for mental health and Keith you know was telling me all these stories he was working out on in California with Arnold with these guys back in the day on Muscle Beach he was a bodybuilder like I would never known these things. The stories were amazing, and it was it was just so funny because like the conversation ended by uh, it was so funny. The conversation ended by um, Keith saying, "You know, there's only one time in my life when I when I wasn't consistent with exercise." And I said, "When was that?" He's like, "Oh, it was it was when I got married." And Felicia just looks at him. She's like, "Not to me." He's like, "No, no, no." <laughs> The other one. <laughs> Jesus. I just lost it. <laughs> That's, yeah. I, I, but I do think that I think, unfortunately, like, especially with kind of like, I don't want to be gender stereotypical at all, but I think, unfortunately, there's still that kind of stigma and like that belief that if women lift weights, they're going to look bulky. But if you see the picture, of the, the the amazing woman that you were talking about a second ago right. there's she's not looking bulky she's looking fit healthy strong and she's her heart it's like probably health markers are in a decent place and looking healthy and a big smile on her face and she's still able to do so for 65 like 
if most of us are able to do stuff still at 65 that that that, that, that couple is able to do, I think we're doing pretty well. Um, I think that's something you know how hard you know how hard dudes dudes work to get bulky. Like, do you have any idea how much work guys put in to get bulky? And guys have something called testosterone. <laughs> Women have some testosterone too, but nowhere close to as much as guys. And it's so hard for guys to do it. You think, like, it's it's so it's like you think that because you're lifting weights, like there are guys who are training every single day, drinking whatever shakes some Instagrammer like promotes, like, like working their butts off in the gym, trying to get bulky and put on muscle. And then, and then, you know, there's this fear amongst women that if they just lift weights three times a week, they're going to like somehow magically like become super jacked and bulky in a way that they've decided they don't want to, they don't want to look. I mean, I'm not going to comment on whether it's sexy or not. I mean, I, I, I love the fact that my wife is strong as hell, but, uh, um, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there, but like, it's just such a funny thing. It's like the physiology makes it so difficult, even for people trying to do it with genetic advantages. Yeah. <laughs> it's just they like still have to work hard. They still have to put the same effort. They, they put effort in. They may load the gun a bit more, but, um, yeah, I'm like, in relation to you, you mentioned like skipping a session and stuff. And I think uh, this will be a great advice for someone who's a parent because you, you've even you amazing, uh, amazing kid as well about kind of skipping a session or if you're tired. And I know you've already spoken about the mental health advantage for yourself, which mm-hmm. which can't be downstated at all or underestimated at all. But how do you talk yourself out of kind of like skipping a session? Because there's another fitnessy buzzword that gets the M word um motivation that gets thrown around and unfortunately that gets thrown away way too much but how do you what to what tools or kind of like inner voice work do you kind of do or just kind of say right let's just go yeah having having somebody you go with definitely helps um you know my my friend this morning uh, we we have our neighbors who are visiting us here in mexico just for a few days and like he probably wouldn't have gone to the gym but because i was going at seven in the morning he met me outside at 6 55 and went to the gym Having somebody that you that you meet that goes with you makes a huge difference. There's so much community involved. My best piece of advice is just figure out any way you can to make it easy and schedule it in first. You're not going to hit it every single time. No. Stuff's going to get in the way. But if you A, schedule it in first and B, make it easy, and, and those kind of go hand in hand. You're stacking the odds in your favor. And over time, whether you miss a workout one week or not is not the end of the world, right? Over time, stacking the odds in your favor means that you're going to do it more times than not, which means you're going to be in pretty good shape moving forward. Like it's yeah. a life, it's a lifelong thing, right? It's not a it's not a weekly thing, it's not a 30-day challenge. It's that's all it's not. It's not why I, I think you should do it. It's it's so much deeper than that. I love that. Um, the last question. I know you said one of your other posts got kind of stolen a few times, but this one definitely got stolen because I even saw it over here. Uh, one of the big posts was, <laughs> eat veg, you're boring, go to bed before 10, you're no fun, exercises daily, you're obsessed, limits alcohol, you're a killjoy. Right. 
how in the world did being a normal human being uh, become considered weird in our society? Can you kind of talk about this? And actually, when you see your stuff kind of like copied, do you take it as flattery or do you have oh, do you I take care. it as you I don't, don't care. care? Because I mean, I also emulate like my post this morning was very much inspired by a post from somebody named Jordan Syed, who's a friend yeah. of mine. Who's Jordan's been on, yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, my post very much was inspired by his. Like, I love the format. I love the way that he put across um, put across the idea that he, that he put across. And so I grabbed that format from him. I gave him attribution. You know, I said, I said format inspired by. And I think, I think you should give attribution where attributions do. But there's not, I mean, there's like five things that actually matter in fitness. Like, there's not many things to say. Nothing's new. It's just a matter of figuring out different and unique ways to communicate it that are engaging. And so, yeah, I mean, if you find somebody else who's coming across with an idea in an engaging way, absolutely. Like, can you learn from something from that? I have, I collect what what are called hooks, basically, like like intros or formats or whatever it is, and I collect them in an Evernote file on my phone. Anytime I come across a good hook. And and many of my most popular posts are from other hooks that I found somewhere else. And um, I just think, I mean, I think it's a great way to build content. Like why, why build something from scratch, right? There's it, not that much new, you know, like six things that take zero talent, but will make you healthier. That's a hook from somebody else. It was six things that take zero talent, but will, I don't remember what, what the topic was, but will make you, you know, richer or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, things that are obvious to good trainers, but not to others. Same thing, right? Things that I don't remember again what the topic was, I find it, but it was, that's like, I didn't come up with that hook, right? I took that hook and made it mine. So I, I, I think I encourage that a lot. I mean, I, worked i've been in online fitness for 10 years like people copy your stuff but they're always just catching up and and i believe very strongly in just leading the way and i believe that a leader leads by example like if i'm going to emulate somebody else for sure i'm going to give them attribution and i'm going to make it very clear that like knowingly i saw something that somebody else that was that did that was good and and I'm taking that and making it mine, but I'm not diminishing the fact that they came up or they were first in figuring out how to do this thing that was good. There's no new messages like what matters in health and fitness. Show up consistently, eat your veggies, lift weights. If something is easy to do, it's probably shitty for fat loss. If something's hard to do, it's probably good for fat loss. Like you know, you, you, you hear the question all the time is, is running a good fat loss exercise? It's like running's a great fat loss exercise. If you're a shit runner, if you're a good runner, runner beco- running becomes less effective at fat loss. doesn't mean that running is less important, yeah. but our body burns fat when we move inefficiently. That's simply how it works. Right. So like, there's not that many new concepts. <laughs> like what's the best work of fat loss? Do something you suck at. How do I know when I've done it off? Well, when you get good at it, it becomes a worse workout for fat loss. Like it's not 
all of it, but like, that's most of it. So how, you know, the, the, the question then is how can you communicate these ideas in ways that you just get more people to listen and understand them and see them in a new light? Cause that's what we're all trying to do. We're all just trying to get more people moving. What about the sentiment of eat less, move more? Like, do you think that's a harmful thing or do you think that's too outlandish or do you think it's kind of like, cause there's people who sit on boats at fences. Like, right. do you think, do, where do you kind of sit on that? <laughs> I don't really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get into these debates. I mean, that's good advice for some people. That's bad advice for others. Like you got to find what works for you. Eat less, move more. I mean, for people who eat too much and don't move enough, that's probably good advice for me. I need to oftentimes eat more and move less. So you know, I've always had trouble putting on weight. I love to work out. And I, for the most part, find food to be a nuisance. <laughs> so like, I have the opposite problem. So I don't know, man, it's, it's different, different people. Like you got to know, you got to know your audience. You've got to know the people you're talking to and the people you want to help and what their big issues are. And then can you communicate the solutions in a way that connects with them in a very deep way? Get out of your like trainer jogging head. Who cares about that? Yeah, I think that's, I think that, I think that I'm, I remember doing that at the very, very beginning. It was kind of like the content was mainly aimed at coaches. You're like, well, coaches aren't going to pay your bills. Coaches are going to stroke your ego or come at you. Yeah. But coaches pay my bills, to be fair. But um, when you're yeah, a little I bit mean, different, I, I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little bit different, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Coaches pay um, my bills. I'll, I'll, I'll pander to coaches. You can pander to clients. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, where can people find out about, the, the books where can they get the books where can people find out about your courses where can fi- people find out about you on instagram instagram's the best um it's just at it's coach goodman on instagram and you can find everything else from there i don't i don't need to give you a whole bunch of links no i'll put i'll put in links to, to the books and stuff like that up on uh from amazon and stuff and i'll put in the the courses from from uh the various sources but if you're a pt i highly recommend going to to look at some of the courses that that, that john has if you are starting out in a diet, I would listen to that second last question. John spoke, uh, spoke about it brilliantly <laughs> and put it into simplest terms of what and we overcomplicate everything as humans. And I think John hit the nail on the head with that simplicity. But uh, John, thank you so much for talking all the way from Mexico. Hey, you bet. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.